Welcome everybody, Jonathan Troen here. Welcome to another episode of Shared Humanity. Today we have Andy Monet, and I'm so excited to talk to her. She's an amazing businesswoman, and you all know that, that self-love is what I live, and Andy has her own journey about self-love. Um, so welcome, Andy. Yes, thank you so much, Jonathan, especially for having me speak with your audience. I'm super excited. And um, to jump right into it, you know, I am just, I'm so passionate about really inspiring and motivating people to find the love in themselves, because without that, you really don't have anything, um, because that's really the, for me, even personally, that's been the key to so many other successes in my life, because if you don't love yourself, then you don't have the confidence and the ability to say, yes, there's so much more I can do with my life or my goals or my relationships or becoming a better parent or going back to school, all those things, right? So it's really a catalyst for so many other wonderful things that can happen in your life. So how, how did you get here? I mean, people have heard my story and, and it wasn't an overnight story. I certainly wasn't born with self-love or maybe I was born with it and then it got taught away, I don't know. But, but it was a journey to get me here on this path. So. Um, did you always know self-love or what was your journey to, to get here? Yeah, I think we all have that journey, right? And so um, mine started really early, which depending on how you look at it, it could be good and bad. And so um, my, my mother was bipolar and by 15 years old, she had kicked me out of the house completely. I was homeless at 15, trying to finish continue going to high school. I finished high school. I started college and I paid for my own way all but at 16 years old. So it started pretty young and I didn't love myself at that point. I just, um, so it was more, where, where, where did you go? Where I like get 15? Yes. Well, home. Like, what, what does homeless mean at 15? I mean, I've seen adult people homeless on the street. I know what homeless yeah. is, but, but what does that mean at 15? It's, um, it's pretty frightening, as you can imagine. I was, I was always a problem solver, which, you know, is a whole nother subject. But for me, it was very tactical. What do I have to do? Where do I have to go to be safe? I was living underneath um, balconies of apartment buildings. I lived in laundromats. I tried to, you know, find places at the high school to hide literally living in bushes, finding a place where it could be at least reasonably warm, not get caught, because then you have a whole nother issue of if you get caught, what's going to happen, right? So whether that's from the police or the school or, you know, bad guys, for lack of a better word. So there's a safety issue involved. And it was, it was, you know, as anybody can imagine, it was pretty scary. And I still went to school every single day, which is, you know, looking back seems a little strange, but, you know, getting through school was important because getting to college was important and you know having a life and a career and not being homeless right so I did that did, for did your a friends, long time did your friends at school know or, or you were able to keep all of this a secret all of it was a secret but part of it was because my mom and I moved around a lot and so the school the high school that I went to I was only there for a couple of months so I didn't even have any friends which really I didn't have a lot of friends at all growing up because we moved so frequently and my family was not around. So, I mean, my extended family were miles away. 
So, um, and I, you know, honestly, a totally tangent point, I don't even know why I didn't call my family, but I guess now that I'm thinking about it, probably because I didn't have a phone. <laughs> so it was different then. It was, you didn't have cell phones at that point, you know? And so, um, yeah, it was, I did that for a couple of months and then the state of California found out because the principal found out because somebody had called the principal. And then I went into a, a, a transitional housing. It's kind of like um, an orphanage for lack of a better word. And I was only there for a couple of weeks. And um, then I started college and found a little place to live. <laughs> So you, so you went through all that and you figured how to get yourself into college. Like that yeah. alone is, is a miracle story. Yeah, I was pretty determined. And, um, you know, looking back, it was never, it was never um, in the sense of I wouldn't make it, which sounds really strange now that I'm, you know, 50 years old, but it was more, this is what I know I wanted to do. And that was it. So how do you do that? <laughs> so I'm wondering how, how did you, given, given everything you had to contend with, how did you know that college isn't even an important thing for you? Did you have a champion? Did someone implant that into your mind? Um, Cause a lot of people who are in those situations go, well, I don't need college. I just have to survive. So I'm really curious how, how that became important to you. Yeah. So I have a, an opinion and I will answer your question in just a quick second, but I have a, um, an opinion that all of our challenges lead us to greatness in our own way. And so a lot of people say, oh, this is this horrible thing happened to me. And yeah, I'm not negating or minimizing that a horrible thing happened, but there's also this opposite side of that coin, right? Which is, okay, well, how did it, how did it improve you as a person or how did you how did you champion that? And that becomes a strength that a lot of us don't really address. And so with the college thing, my mother was bipolar. She was physically abusive. She was emotionally abusive. And um, she always told me I would go to college and it was never a question. And so, I mean, since I could remember, you know, you're going to college, you're going to college, you're going to college and you're going to go to UCLA or you're going to go to Stanford or you're, you know, all these things. And and so I, I mean, it was like in a, in a very positive way, you're brainwashed as a child and whatever it is that your parents say, whether they give you kudos and, you know, just amazing support or they do the opposite, it's still in you, right? You don't even question it until you're an adult. And so that was one of the things that I'm super grateful for. Um, and, a couple, and some other things too, that she really embedded into me that college is important. And so I was like, all right, here I go. <laughs> so... So you mentioned that, you know, these, the things that are most difficult in our lives become the gift, become the source of our strength. When, like, did it immediately become a source of strength? Was there a time gap? And then you look back and go, oh, that was it. Or how, how did this all become your source of strength? Well, so at five years old, my mother told me I was pretty much had to fend for myself. <laughs> so um, get yourself up for school, get your lunch ready for school, get yourself dressed, take a shower in the morning or whatever, however it is that, you know, take a bath at that time. But um, so very early on, I knew I had to 
kind of be responsible for myself. And I didn't, again, as a child, you don't know, you don't have anything to compare it to, right? This is just what it is. And so um, I didn't realize until much later in my life, I mean, through, you know, a few failed divorces and um, career-wise, I was always really lucky and really great and very successful. But personally, I always had a lot of challenges, um, a lot stemming from my childhood. But if you want to make a difference, you have to dig in, right? And so in the process over years of, of not only dealing with things that you that are that can be improved in your life, you also realize other things that you didn't expect. So one of the things is, you know, realizing what your strengths are. And so my strengths are problem solving. And um, well, one of my strengths is problem solving, but that stems directly from my mother. She was bipolar. We moved a lot. I never had friends. I was always the um, basically the husband of her because she would the things that she didn't want to take care of, I had to take care of. So even though it wasn't ideal from, you know, a perfect childhood, you're always going to be strong at something, no matter how you look at it. And so mine started really early, but to answer your question, I don't think I realized that until I was in my late forties, honestly. And, and I really emphasize that with my business clients, um, which is, which is touchy, right. And very sensitive, but once people realize that I'm coming from a good place, it becomes an easier conversation for me to help people in that with their businesses in that way. Because I know we're not talking about businesses, but you, you get into business for a reason. So what's that reason and what are your strengths and take advantage of that. But I mean, we are, we're talking about life and business and, and so many people separate them as the, you know, here's my business life and here's my other life. And, and the reality is we do only have one life and they cross Absolutely. over and, and, and we have to begin to understand that, that um, we don't have these 20 different lives. We have one life and it includes business. It includes all these other things. So, so you said you were in your forties when, when um, you, you learned that all that stuff could, could be the foundation for strength. What happened? Was there a key moment? Was it something that slowly um, happened over time? Was it a book you read? Someone that, that you spoke to, a coach that you had? How did that change happen for you? So I, I gradually, I mean, I, for me personally, a lot of things were very gradual in the sense of realization. And, and it's gradual because you're learning new things in life, um, either from people or even criticism. Um, uh, reading, I love reading books because you could never read enough books. And so, you know, some of it was, was psychology based. Some of it was sales, some of the sales literature I, uh, or books that I've read. Some are um, Christian reading. So, I mean, I pull from everywhere just because I think everything can be so applicable in other areas. And so it was, it was not an instantaneous thing. Um, there was, I mean, honestly and truly, there was a lot of digging. I mean, just in 2020, I spent three months and several hundred hours digging into why I even um, really am passionate about what I do. And, you know, you have to dig deep to figure out, I mean, yeah, everybody wants, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people want to help other people, right? I mean, that's, I think, sort of common, but why? What is, what's the driving factor? And so, um, with the finding your challenges or finding your strengths, you have to dig into the deep recesses of where you hurt, where you feel is, is not 
has not been mended, right? Or the, I mean, I've, I've forgiven everybody, but you don't forget, right? And so I'm not exactly answering your question, but it was, it was a very long journey and it took a lot of really honest, um, being honest with yourself because who does, who want, I mean, even with me and I, and I make really good money, I have great um, employees, I have a great business, but I'm still, fear, still fearful, right? There's still things that don't ever go away. You just deal with it differently. You are just sort of confronted, right? Okay, so you're afraid of failure or you're afraid of success or you're afraid of, of criticism or you know everybody has those, but you can't deal with it unless you acknowledge it first. So, so you, you have this amazing business and, and, and I do wanna hear more about that. I'm curious, was it, so you had all these difficulties. Did you have to go through this, this process of discovering and, oh, th this can be my strength. And then the business was created or were you able to create these businesses because you're a problem solver while you're still, I don't know if this is right, the word, but um, this is where I was still a mess. I was a mess. So I'm saying maybe you were, you, maybe you were too, but I don't want to put that on you. No, well, um, or, it's all a mess. Like, how did this develop? No, it's all a mess. This is not my first business. I failed multiple times. I, my, <laughs> I love it. My first I love business, it. Yes. my first business was at 19 years old, and and I love telling people this story because I started a I started a business because I had a business card, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> what what did the what did so, the business card say on it? Oh, it was, I started, I started, I started three businesses at the same time. And um, one was recycling, um, going to um, commercial properties and in Cal in Marin County, California, and asking businesses if they recycled and if they didn't, if I could take the recycling and then recycle it for them and take a percentage of the income that would be generated from it. So it was, I mean, you know, not that big of a deal. And then um, the other one was a bookkeeping service because um, I had been a bookkeeper since I was like 14 because of when we, when we were close to my family, my aunt worked for a doctor and I would go in on the weekends and do all their bookkeeping manually, by the way, back in the day where if you, anybody knows that on paper, on a ledger sheet. So that was fun. Um, so I did bookkeeping services. And then I also did marketing design, because I was really great at um, designing not only images, but language. My, my language content was really, at 19, not, you know, not compared to super professional, was, was really good. So I always did all the marketing for the companies that I worked for, just because it was fun and, and I liked doing it. So, so, by the way, all three businesses failed because very long story short, because I know we don't have a lot of time, but I didn't know how to get customers. I didn't know how to communicate well with what I did. I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't, you know, you don't have money to advertise on the yellow pages back when there was a yellow pages. Well, and, and so let's be clear. And you were 19 I and was. you, you hadn't figured out the strength yet. No. And you were on, on the, the street for four years. So yeah, like, like, Yes, celebrate the failure and say, oh my God, like you, you were doing it. You were, you weren't hiding. No. You weren't hiding. Like at 19, 
I was still hiding. Are you kidding me? Like I, I was kind of doing stuff, but I was I was in hiding zone. And you're there with everything you went through. Wow. That's all I got. Like, I don't even, I don't know. I'm <laughs> looking for words to, to share. And, and I'm just like, wow. No, I, and you know, it's funny because people, I, you know, my friends were like, we don't even have any idea, you know, how, how or why you even wanted to become a business owner. Right. And honestly, and truly, I have no idea why I wanted to be a business owner. I just knew that it was what I wanted to do. And, and maybe if I really think about it, it's probably because I feel like, well, not to pat myself on the back, but I, I love academics. And so I taught myself, I was doing calculus at um, nine years old because I could. And so that's why college was so easy. And so when you're, when you're young and you realize you know so much more than the average person, you're like, well, that wasn't very difficult. What else can I do? And you know, why settle for a job which I did have many jobs, so don't get me wrong, but I had a job while I was also trying to run a business. And, you know, I do 110% in what, I don't care if I'm cleaning toilets or I'm flipping burgers at McDonald's, I'm always going to give everything that I have because that's just, that's just who I am. And the only thing I can give somebody that nobody else can give is my word and my work ethic. And so taking that to running a business is, I don't know how to do this. I have no idea. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out one way or another. And I, I also, that, that I, I want to add something yes. to what you're giving just because I feel you're giving it to me right now. And I feel people listening are going to feel it, um, your word and your work ethic, but I feel you're also giving us your heart and. Oh I yeah, absolutely. That. Yes. And you know, and, and to touch on that for just a moment, I, I was, I always felt connected with my clients because for me, it was very personal. For me, it was like, if I can help your business, I can help you lead the life that you want to lead. I can help you reach your financial goals. I can, you know, support your family. I could put food on your table. I can send your kids to college. That's what it meant to me, even though I don't, you know, I don't say that to my client, so, so but that's. Tell us more about, I, I, I want to know, because, because you, you started off at 15 homeless well, and stuff before that, which, which, you know, you, you had to take care of stuff. Um, you're on, you kind of on your own at five, 15 homeless. And now here you are with a business helping other people's businesses. So I, I do want to know, like, what do you do and what, what's your why even behind your business? So my why, as I realized um, just in the last year, literally was that I, 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 well, let me, I tried to hide my, my, my childhood and my upbringing. I was always really embarrassed about it. I didn't want anybody to know about it. Um, partly because I felt it was irrelevant. Uh, and partly just because it wasn't a really, um, I wasn't proud of it. Right. And so I just didn't talk about it very much. And so the reason I'm mentioning it now and the reason that I'm sharing with you in general is because I realized in 2020 that pe like, people need to hear that life is not all you know, rainbows and unicorns, right? You, you have, you, things happen, whether we like it or not. Some are good, some are bad, some are, and, and there's everything in between. And so where do you, where I could help people besides, I mean, 
okay, I have five degrees, I have a PhD in finance and economics, I have 30 years of experience, but so what, right? And so where I come from is, I am very emotionally involved with my clients because I want to make a difference. And so going back to the why is I don't want anybody to suffer like I did. Like in the granted, I realize that, you know, adults are not going to be, you know, a 40 year old person with a business is probably not going to be homeless. So I don't mean in that way, but helping them in the sense of challenge, you know, I didn't have somebody to help me. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have family. I didn't have money. I didn't have resources, but I had to figure it out. So how can I prevent people from having to deal with I dealt with? And you're always gonna have challenges in a business, obviously, right? But how do you either minimize them or be prepared for them when they come? And how do you, a lot of businesses, you know, I could talk about this forever, so I apologize for rambling, but you don't know what you don't know and you don't wanna pay somebody for something you don't know. That's the challenge, that's part of the challenge. Everybody wants to either make a buck or help you, but how do you know who to go to? And when you go online, if you don't know what the problem is with your business, how can you Google it, right? Hmm. <laughs> so, um, and then a lot of the government websites where they like, where they say, hey, if you're starting a business, look, do these things. They're all wrong. It just, it infuriates me because they're, they're trying to do a public service and they're giving the incorrect information. So my big thing, and I do a lot of complimentary consultations because I just want people to get on the right track. If you want more, great. If you don't, great. But at least I know you have at least a basic idea of what to do next. Wow. I'm just taking a breath here um, to feel your heart, really. There's so much in there. What does self-love mean to you? Oh, Oh, there's so many words. I, I just even love the word love, um, whether it's loving other people, loving yourself. It's just, it's like, it's like rainbows and unicorns to me. <laughs> it's like getting, having your cake and eat it too. It's like um, just, you can do, you can be a superhero with love, whether you know, and when you talk about self-love, you can be, you can be, you can be a superhero to yourself. And it's just the, the way I feel, I don't have the words, but it's so important. And sometimes what, one of the things that I learned, which I, for me was super powerful is sometimes you have to trust other people who are going to believe in yourself before you can believe in yourself. And so that also goes with love. Sometimes you just have to accept the love that people give you for you to begin to understand how to love yourself. And not everybody has that. I understand, I mean, me being one of them, but it's just the most powerful thing in the universe, I think, um, to be able to have self-love, which has to sometimes stem from other, other people's love, external love first, but eventually, you can't live your life to its fullest without having self-love. Yeah. And I really want to highlight for everyone what you said there, because um, sometimes it's hard to love ourselves, especially at the beginning. It was, it was, uh, I was not an overnight self-lover. Um, uh, but to receive love, that's a skill too. Um, and a lot of us have an inability to do that. And part of it is because of the stories we, sell, we tell ourselves. So we can't receive any love. We can't receive the love from others. And we can't receive the love from ourselves. 
and it goes, and, and to be clear, it goes both ways. The more love you receive from others, allow yourself to receive from others, the more you can begin to love yourself. Absolutely. And the more you, you begin to love yourself or, or increasing the loving of yourself, the more you are able to receive the love from others. So it's not one or the other. It's not like, oh, if I love myself, I can ignore everyone else. No, whatever love is, is there for you, your own, someone else's, pause and invite it in. It's such Absolutely. a message you, 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 you give us. And one other thing I want to add to that, which I just realized recently this year also, or 2020, um, which is very profound for me personally, is what, this relates to my ex-husband and we're best friends, by the way, and I talk to him nearly every day. Um, he would drive me crazy. <laughs> and, 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 and I drove him crazy too, it's of course two ways. But I mentioned this because there were things about his personality that just every single time he did it would just really, really would be hard for me. Just drive me absolutely insane, crazy, angry. And I'm not an angry person, so it takes a lot. And so once I realized, um, honestly and truly, once I realized that his words I was, I was receiving the words in one way, but he was delivering them from a place of love. Mm. And once I realized that, our relationship has been amazing. I mean, the things that he says, even though they still drive me crazy, but in, on a scale of one to 10, that instead of 10, it's now a one because the, you know, the stuff from my own background is, is hearing it one direction, but my heart knowing that he's coming from a loving place is just has grown our relationship just amazing. And, and we just have such a great, he's my best friend, even though he's my ex and I wouldn't be able to get there if I didn't make that transition to making the effort to understand that the things that he's saying to me is because of love, not because he's trying to be attacking. Can, can you give an example of that? Like what's one thing that he said, which back then just, I can't take this. And now you understand it in a different way. Can you give us an example? Oh, um, some, well, some of it's criticism, but not in a critical way. So for example, you know, I'll get mad at him because he interrupts me and then he'll get mad at me because I interrupt you. And he says, you always do that. You always interrupt me. I hate it when you do that. And I'm like, yes, I do. And I'm sorry. And so I'm not attacking and I'm not defensive. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Regardless of how I feel about him interrupting me, he's right. Right. Whether I interrupt him and I attack him, the fact is his words were true. And I can't show him love if I'm disrespecting him. And he can't, and I can't accept his love if I'm being defensive. And so let me tell you, that was many years in the works to figure that out. <laughs> that is so powerful. And, and, and it points to the whole, the, the whole place of not trying to change the other person, but changing yourself or your perspective um, or whatever that is. So just put in a new perspective on it. And because I'm sure everyone can, and I certainly can relate to that example of an argument and interrupting and, and you know, and how do you stop it? And... Any argument. Yes, you're right. <laughs> and because I did do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot, you know, of obviously other examples, but 
that was just the first one that came to mind because, you know, and, and again, I know um, we don't have a lot of time, but I just want to tell you one thing that I think is, is, has a lot to do with the self-love is that there was an analogy that I, that I read or heard, and it was just really hit home for me. And it was, we have a sun and it's hot and it's shining and it gives us light. But when it's cloudy and rainy, that sun is still shining. And so if you really want to love people, whether it's yourself or others, that love has to be on no matter what, at all times, in the good days, in the bad days, in the defensive days, in the feeling hopeless stage. That you, if that's really something that you want to embrace and feel, you have to feel it all the time, even when you don't want to. And so that's one of the reasons with the example with my ex-husband is Yes, he's attacking, you know, as we say, but he's not attacking because he's trying to be mean. He's attacking because he feels hurt or disrespected or unloved. And if I'm going to be the person who says that I'm going to love people, then I have to be responsible for that, that I'm, that I'm putting on myself. And then once I open myself up to love him the way, love anybody, not just him, but love, be loving, then you're going to just get so much more love that you're giving to yourself that you may not realize, you know, realize for a while, but you're also getting other people's love as well. Yeah. You, you open the door for yourself. When you give, when you give love in that way, one, you get to feel your own love and you open up the door to other people's love. Do you, before, before we close, do you, do you have any specific self-love practices that, that you do on a daily or regular basis? Like how, how do you practice or experience self-love? So yes, I do. And I do it every day. And most of the time it's easy, but it, it like any habit, it takes practice. And for me, my self-love starts with being grateful. So every morning I say what I'm grateful for. And I try not to do the same things. I mean, really pushing like, hey, I'm, I'm grateful that I have eyesight and hearing. I'm great. And this is, you know, awkward, but since I'm getting older, I'm grateful for not being incontinent. <laughs> You know, I'm grateful for my, nobody in my family has COVID. I'm grateful for um, just little things, right? I'm grateful for not having to, I'm, be, I'm grateful for opening my refrigerator and having food there, right? But you can be grateful for great things too. For example, I'm grateful that I can be a blessing to people. I'm grateful that I have 30 years of experience and love people enough to be able to support them in their business. So being grateful is the beginning of my day, every day, which for me is one of the many steps to my self-love. Wow, I am grateful for you being so open and, and sharing this difficult um, story with us. And you know, it's a reminder to me, and I hope it's a reminder for, for everyone because I did not go through anything close to comparison. I had difficulties, we all do, but it doesn't matter what's happened to you. Um, there is a way through to this other side where you can appreciate yourself, you can love yourself, you can be kind to yourself. And then, and then like Andy was sharing with us, and then you can be kinder to other people, being best friends with your ex-husband that, that is so, beautiful and powerful. How many people just live life with so much animosity towards their ex and then they die that way. Um, 
it doesn't matter what's happened to you. And, and Andy, you, you, you shared with us and your proof of that. And, um, and thank you for that. I'm very grateful for you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And, and yes, I just, I, I hope and wish and pray that as many people as possible can really understand and strive for searching for their self-love and under realizing that it's so powerful and it's so peaceful and it's so grateful to have that. Yeah. We'll put some links in the notes where you can reach out to Andy or find out more about her. Thank you everyone for, for watching and or listening. And remember, please love yourself.